It's the Bible Rundown. You're here with Pastor Rob, Pastor David. Day 86, we're finally in a new book, Judges 1 through 3, and then Luke chapter 4. If you're still with us after the last marathon episode, thank you. Today will not be nearly that long. So, Rob, Judges is, is an interesting book. It starts off saying, after the death of Joseph, Joshua, excuse me, but then in, in chapter 2, verse 6, it's going to say, when Joshua dismissed the people, so is he dead? No, it's just referring back to the time uh, when when he he was uh, he was gathering to them together in the book of Joshua as before. So you know the Bible sometimes doesn't just go in chronological order. There's there's uh, sometimes we get these pictures of time back or time forward in which we're having to you know like in a movie like you get a flashback right of of yeah. what happened before. Yeah. But but uh, but yeah. And it's interesting. So this this flash forward, if we want to call it that, but before we go back to the death of Joshua, is talking about the continuing conquest of the land. Um, and so we know that they're supposed to go out, push out the people that were there. There's the description of a couple of these kings, Adonai Bezek, who had his, his thumbs and his big toes cut off when they captured him, um, saying that that he had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off. So it sounds like what, what he had done to others was done to him. But they bring him to Jerusalem, and then there's the continuing conquest. But anything jump out to you in chapter 1? Yeah, just the the end of chapter 1, the, the tribe, excuse me, the tribe's not driving out um, the inhabitants in their lands. Manasseh didn't drive them out. Ephraim didn't. Zebulun didn't. Asher didn't. Naphtali didn't. And uh, the people of Dan did not. And so, um, you know, so all this will lead to, which is they, they leave the people and they will become a snare to them, just mm-hmm. as God said they would, um, mm-hmm. because there will become a time which they, um, um, <clears throat> and there arose another generation, verse 10 of chapter two, there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And they began to worship idols as the people did before them that they did not drive out. So it's very, yeah. it's a very sad day in Israel. All it takes is one generation to forget God. And, and then verse 11, so the people then as a result do evil in the sight of the Lord. They've abandoned God. Um, and, and we start to see the Lord, though, just as he did in the Exodus, verse 16 of chapter 2, he saves them out of those who were plundering them by giving judges, raising them up. So who will be the judges for whom this book is named after, Rob? These judges will be, um, the Lord will be with these people and he will save them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. Um, for It says, for the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them, bowing down to them. They did not drop 
any of their practices or their stubborn, stubborn ways. So it's just a cycle of continued uh, following of the Lord and then rejection of the Lord, God raising them up and saving them because they were in trouble or in slavery or being uh, being beaten by the nations. God raises up judge, they conquer the nations, they live at peace, and then they go back to their wicked ways. It's just a cycle, continual cycle of devastation for God's people. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll get into some of these as we move on, but uh, there'll be a mixed bag of judges, right? So when we hear judges, we're not thinking Judge Judy, right? Not not what we consider earthly judges. It was just a, a term for kind of a pre-king type ruler or someone that was raised up to help him out. So Othniel, we're told, is the brother of Caleb. And then the spirit of the Lord comes upon him and he he helps rescue. But then this next guy, Ehud, a pretty violent description here. Any significance you think with what the writer of Judges draws our attention to, that he was a left-handed man and he he has a two-edged sword that he's created? Yeah, so so just going back to your thought on judges, I do think that you know what is evil and what is good, right, is determined by a judge. And so they were to hold the law, they were to know the law, they were to uphold the law so that the people did not go against God and his commands. And so when God would raise up a judge, He would not only fight for them, but he would point them in the direction of God's design for their life, much like a pastor or a shepherd would in today's church. So it's very interesting. You know, these are people of the word. They're people who know right and wrong. But you mentioned Ehud and he's left handed. And the, the idea, you know, when you shake someone's hand uh you shake it usually with the right hand the shake or the the handshake is actually a terms of peace you're showing your hand that you don't have a knife or a or a or a weapon and you're reaching that out into peace with someone else and he's left-handed so he's reaching out with his right hand pulling the knife from with his left hand and shoving the knife into the king and so this deception again, is, 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 is recalling that he is left-handed. He's a deceptive man. He's a left-handed deceptive man that he deceives the king and actually kills him through this process. Pretty interesting stuff. You know, I once heard somebody preach Jesus from this story of Ehud. Yeah, what'd they say? They said that the two-edged sword, right, is a connection with the, there's another description of something that is like a two-edged sword. It's the word word of God. And that Jesus, just as Ehud catches the king off guard with his two-edged sword, Jesus will catch the Israelites off guard in terms of what they're looking for in the Messiah. So interesting, like when we read Judges, we're still looking for Christ and Ehud, one who was... Yes, deceptive, but I think uh, interesting. I, I've I heard that, and I was like, "Yep, that's a pretty cool connection." And it launches us into the one that is the Word of God, the Living Word of God made flesh, Jesus, Luke chapter four. 
And uh, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, so the judges have the Spirit come upon him. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit, and he's sent into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. So what do you see in chapter 4 as we look at the temptation of Jesus? Well, <clears throat> um, I mean, that that is an incredible story of the temptation of Jesus. 40 days not eating uh, food or drink that that's an incredible amount of um, I, it, it's the opposite of the Garden of Eden when the the temptation happens to the garden he he overcomes the serpent's temptation the same temptation that happened in the garden is happening here and so he's overcoming this I'm thinking about your ehud statement as well and I would say you're right in the sense that Christ comes, and in a way, he is deceptive towards the enemy. Deceptive is probably not the, the, the right term, but more crafty or mm -hmm. um, uh, in, in, in the way that he dies upon the cross in actuality to crush the head of the serpent. And so mm -hmm. the, the, the idea there would, would, would continue on. But <clears throat> what do you see here? in the 40 days and in chapter four, Luke, I've been talking a lot in this, in this section. You, no, 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 take... you're good. I mean, I think Jesus is taking the word of God to combat the temptations that he faces. So for us, it's, that is where all of our guidance is when we face temptation in life, we go back to the, what the word of God tells us to put our trust in and what our hope is. Um, so I think it's healthy for us to remind ourselves of that when we do face temptation to sin. But the other thing is this, first healing of a man that's unclean with a demon and the demons address him as Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy one of God. I think it's yeah. just, there is a spiritual world around us every day that we are living among and the demons themselves understand Jesus and his authority. And yet I think to your point, he catches them off guard and he catches us off guard. If the, the spirit world right these demons know who jesus is i mean how spiritually blind are we to not know mm. who christ is and and encounter him in this way and so powerful reminder there of jesus's authority over evil um and and then just the launching of jesus's ministry being centered on works accompanied with the word of god and it's the same commission that we have as a church right We've been sanctified to do good works, to do righteous deeds the way Christ did, but we accompany those things with the message and the call to repent. Yeah, this is a fantastic passage of scripture. We could talk about this all day and we have, but it's time for <laughs> us to, to go. So thanks for joining us in the Bible Rundown. We'll see you tomorrow.